on the NASDAQ, I believe was Y-H-O-O. And I was thinking, I'm going, Yoo-Hoo? Like the chocolate drink? I was like, damn, Yoo-Hoo's <laughs> trading hot. I was like, what the hell is this Yoo-Hoo? People buy that much? <laughs> What it is, what it do. This is Ramblin', your weekly Rams podcast that gives you insight of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from Agora Hills, California, as we head into the final game of the season. The Rams are 8-7. and seven. They lost to the Niners, which eliminated the team from any playoff possibility for the first time in the Sean McVay era. But the Rams have one more game to play, their final game in the Coliseum against the Cardinals before they move into the brand-new SoFi Stadium next season. Joining us today, he is the Einstein of NFL analysts. He's smart, articulate, accomplished. He was a former NFL safety with a handful of teams, then became a pro scout and director of pro personnel with both Washington and Philadelphia before becoming one of the most recognizable football analysts in sports. You can find him all over ESPN. He somehow conquers jet lag with all of the traveling he does during the season. <laughs> Lewis, I appreciate you coming on the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have I have logged some miles. I think I moved up the status too with American <laughs> Airlines this year. Nice. No oh, plug. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Hey, American, yeah, just be on time. That's all I ask. Just be <laughs> on time. Have you ever pulled one of these, like, I've seen a couple times this year where someone had to get to ESPN. I forget who it was, and they ended up in Bristol, Tennessee, instead of Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you know who that was, yes. but that wasn't me. <laughs> but no, you know what, and that, that was private air air travel, too, now. Oh, man. That, that, is a, that is a funny, funny story. Man, I can't imagine waking up, looking out the window, <laughs> and going, where in the hell am I? <laughs> And that's exactly what happened. That's hilarious to me. It's like when you wake up as a kid and and your head like launches off the bed and you're like, oh no, it's due today. <laughs> Homework yeah, assignment. no doubt. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those nightmare scenarios that you kind of dream about happening. Yeah. Then you wake up and you go, man, it was just a just a dream. But in this case, <laughs> it was an actual reality. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. Oh man. All right, so to football we go. Um, it's uh-huh. Super Bowl or bust around these parts, Lewis. So it was a disappointing season overall, but yeah. the Rams are looking to trying to finish off at 9-7, and seven, and somehow it is a total failure. What do you make of this Rams team this season? Yeah, what's interesting is, look, they, they have a good problem out there, and that is that expectations are high. Now, m- many people would say, well, it's better to fly under the radar. Well, you can't fly under the radar when one, you're within one or two plays going the other way for you instead of New England, your Super Bowl champions, number one. Number two, everyone, you know, those kind of played out catchphrase of everyone's looking for the next Sean McVay. It's hard to fly under the radar when you have that kind of thing going on. It's hard to fly under the radar when your quarterback goes from people thinking they should ship him off the Canada somewhere. It's the next thing you know, he's a Pro Bowl performer. It's hard to fly under the radar when you have maybe the best player in the entire NFL and Aaron Donald. So expectations are sky high. And this year, what happened was you just saw, I think that, you know, the the league is kind of like an accordion. It expands and contracts and everything usually comes back to um, a little bit more normal way of operation and, and it's hard for people to really separate themselves and dominate like Sean was dominating with his offense a year ago. You saw a little bit of that come back down to the earth this year. Now, some of that had to do with 
team getting a little bit more used to how he was trying to attack them on offense. Mm-hmm. Some of that had to do with the fact that the offensive line underperformed, and people were really getting after this team up front, and the run game wasn't able to get going the way it usually does. The practice and passing game wasn't able to feed off of that on a consistent basis, and they would sputter. Defensively, they would play good. Then they'd have performances where you have plays where you can't explain some of the coverage busts that they have in the back end, like basically what did them in against San Francisco. So it was like a, a, a bunch of different things that really wound up having them kind of come back to the group as far as being one of those 7-9, 8-8, and 9-7 type of teams, which is not where they want to be considering, again, they were just a couple of plays away from being Super Bowl champs. I think what will happen – and what they're going to need to do, Serena, they're going to have to kill it as far as the secondary free agency market and really nailing some of their late-round draft picks and really developing players that are flying under the radar, talking about flying under the radar. Because otherwise, you, you tell me where, they, where they're going to get the capital to really improve this football team through the draft. They can't really do it unless you start selling off players. And they can't just go out and buy more and more players. That, that, that's, not a, that's not a smart strategy anyway. So th- there's a lot that needs to be done for this football team to really get it back to where it was. And especially with the new stadium opening up, that's a lot. That's a lot on, on the ownership's plate. That's a lot on the general manager's plate. That's a lot on the head coach's plate. So it's going to be an uh, interesting offseason for, for sure. the Rams, for sure. Yeah, a lot of pressure. And, and it's interesting, now as their team reporter – Look, I've had some great opportunities to work with a number of the Rams scouts. Uh, Ray Agnew is the director of pro scouting for the Rams, uh, former mm-hmm. Ram himself. I call him the OG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't think this group gets enough credit. You know, we see, hey, the Rams got Jalen Ramsey, but we kind of forget right. all that background work that goes into that trade. Um, so what do you think, uh, you know, the Rams have done so far to handle some of these bigger trades the past few years? And maybe what do they need? Yeah, you mentioned it. You know, they're going to have to yeah. kind of figure things out for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, you know, going out and and getting someone like Jalen and acquiring guys like Brandon Cooks before that, um, the, the, what, what happens, I mean, these, these things come with a cost, obviously. Now, they were very much so, I mean, I'm sure the people out there will tell you, they were looking at it both short and long term because these were young players that they felt were going to be significant contributors to the football team for a long time. Okay, because they are. I mean, Jalen is in his prime. The Brandon can stay healthy. He's still in his prime. He's a guy who should play much longer. So locking up Jared Goff to long-term contract is a smart thing to do because he, like, he fits in well with what with what Sean wants to do. Signing Aaron to a contract extension is a smart thing because he's, he's one of the best players he's in the best. NFL. So look, yeah. I guess what it, what it is is that's fine to do because you're taking care of pillar positions. It's just that you don't want to be setting the market with such high salaries and high signing bonuses and things that don't allow you very much freedom, although the salary cap is going to expand as years go on. So a lot of these contracts will be market-leading contracts as we move forward. But when you give up draft capital in particular, when you're giving away draft picks, that is cheap, affordable labor that you aren't going to have access to because you gave them away for players who you thought could help you right now in the short term and then in the long term. So what's going to wind up happening is when you're talking about guys like Ray, Free agency, the secondary free agent market, 
you know, outside of the first 48 hours of creating, is going to be huge for them. Finding players that come at relative value but still fit into what you want to do, the pro, the pro personnel department is going to have to nail that, which means they're going to have to constantly be in contact with the coaches about what do you want, what are you looking for, are we changing things? I mean, you hear rumors about Wade Phillips possibly leaving. I don't know. You know better than me whether that, that's going to happen. Could that change some of the requirements that they have for players bringing in? Yeah. The college scouts are really, 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 the area scouts in particular, mm-hmm. have to do a great job communicating with Les Snead, communicating with Sean McVay about these are the players who, whose profiles fit what we've been trying to build here the past couple of years off the field and then on the field with what we're trying to get done there. Because they just, they're not going to be active. They're not going to be players in the top parts of the draft where the players are, you know, I always say this, my mom can look at some of these guys and go, yeah, he looks pretty good. He looks big and fat. They can draft him. <laughs> it's not like that. And this is where these guys are going to have to really make their money. And they're going to have to really be on it. And Sean's going to have to be a great leader and be a great communicator about this is what we need. This is where we fell short. We can't just go by the obvious guys anymore. We have to, we have to really identify and develop some people here to keep us near the top as far as being competitors build the seats of this new stadium that this owner is building because look, seven and nine isn't going to cut it in LA. You're not going to get people to come to that stadium. If you're a seven to nine, eight and eight football team, right. you better be winning. There's just too many other things to do. So you got to win. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Well, we know Les has done pretty well in those mid round picks with John Johnson, Cooper Cup, Sebastian, Joseph day, mm-hmm. Samson, Abicom all getting significant playing time or even as a starter sure. already. So yeah, sure. No, I mean, no, and those are, and those are, that's a great point. He, they have done it. They have to continue to do it now. For sure. Because as we know, the NFL is a forward-thinking business, and it's not, you know, that's great what you've done in the past. And what you've done in the past, quite honestly, people will say this. Well, the Super Bowl, again, was last year. What happened this year? How come you weren't able to continue to repeat that draft and develop philosophy and hit on some of these late-round picks with some of these bargain-based creators? What happened this year? Yeah. What was the chink in the armor? So every year is a prove-it year. Every single year. And that's what we love about the NFL. And at the same time, that's what sucks sometimes when you're on the inside. It's like you don't get you don't get grace periods. You don't get years where you can just kind of sit and rest. And you have to make do with what you have. But the Cavs don't they have the skills to do it. It's just going to be it's going to be a pressure-packed year. Every move is going to be scrutinized out there. And every pick, every signing is going to have to be is that you have to be critically analyzed internally to make sure it's something that can work because you just don't have many cracks at it. You just don't have enough, you don't have enough chips to really play. And unless you, unless they do something dramatic in the off season that I, w- I don't foresee happening so they can acquire more picks. I mean, they have what they have. Now they have to make the best of it. Yeah, and, and you made a good point. Like everyone's always like, oh, well, how come you went to the Super Bowl last year and then you didn't go this season and... And mm-hmm. it, but it's a completely different team to me, right? Like uh, the secondary, sure. really the only guy who's been there the entire time is Nickel Roby Coleman <laughs> or, or Nickel. Right. Um, you know, but Weddle came in, Troy Hill stepped in, and um, there's been a lot of different changes to, you know, the secondary as a whole. As a former safety, you know, what do you think, I mean, getting Jalen Ramsey and getting, I mean, to me, I, when you talk about the draft, I think Taylor Rapp was a great addition yes, to sir. the team. Yeah, you know what? The people who are at, I mean, I call it three in the command and control center, and the safeties, the middle linebackers, the centers on offense, the quarterbacks, they're critical. 
these guys are critical because things happen so fast in the NFL. Offenses are so diverse. Communication is paramount. And being on the same page as far as, one, being able to tell people what to do when formations change and teams are doing things you aren't used to, you obviously have to be on top of that. Just telling people what to do. Yeah. And then how do you fit with those people as plays are happening? Okay? How are you going to be exactly where you need to be? Are players going to be exactly where they need to be? And, and it's so nuanced that you play something slightly wrong, it results in a big play. Just look at what happened just the other night between Jalen and Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a situation where Jalen expects one thing. I don't know what the hell Taylor was doing himself. And next thing you know, you lose the football game. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where you're right. When they went to the Super Bowl, I mean, they had Marcus and Akeem, right. LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, so you have, totally and th- there's another position right there. That's right. LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, that's a huge hit. When he went to Oakland mm-hmm. and I spent time out there this summer getting ready for the Monday night game. That's the guy who everybody raves about as far as his football intelligence, his leadership, his versatility. Yeah. You lose guys like that. I mean, there's so many different things on a football field that you probably can't, the naked eye won't really tell you that they're losing when they lose a player like that. Correct. And even though Marcus Peters and the key people will say, you know, what they weren't bringing compared to what they were bringing. Look, Marcus is making plays for Baltimore right now. Obviously a we don't know what's going to happen with him next year. But those guys played their rear ends off in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like they were they were right there. I mean, they, the they had no the job. Yeah. That's right. So you're right. The, the team did change a lot. There are a lot of chemistry things that have to be worked out. The offensive line was not strong. I mean, it, it was an issue. And Jared all those was injuries. up in. Yeah. That's right. There's a lot. I mean, they weren't, they, they had a tough time lining up with the same group for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and Jared's not the same, you know. Robert Woods misses some time for you know for personal reasons. It, there's just so many things that that change from year to year, and that are going to change from 2019 to 2020. But the things they can control are the kind of players they bring in, and making sure that they're all on the same page. And Sean makes sure the coaching staff is where he wants it. And that's why I'm saying, don't what happened this past year will have no bearing on what's going to happen in 2020 and just like the Super Bowl year had no bearing on this year yeah. it's always a new year that's that's the good and the bad and that's what makes you excited mm-hmm. and it also makes you a little nervous because you don't know how it's going to all look come August when, when it's time to kick camp off again you just took the words out of my mouth for real um there are things that change obviously one thing though um does stay the same Pittsburgh loves Aaron Donald. As a Pitt Mm -hmm. alum, (laughs) I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the impact of AD, number 99, and what he's done for the university and what his legacy is there. Well, his legacy is cemented as one of the great Panthers of all time. There's no doubt about that. And that is not something that should kind of like go in one ear and out the other whether you're a Pitt alum or just a football fan, because Pitt has a tradition like no other when it comes to great players, Hall of Fame players, uh, offensively and defensively. Between Marino, Fralick, Dorsett, Hugh Green, I mean, there's just Larry Fitzgerald there's too, so right? many guys. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. I mean, I'm going all the way. I'm going back to the to the early days since I'm a little bit of an old head. But, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, LaShawn McCoy, Darrell Rivas, all the modern, you know, the, the younger, I mean, some of the younger players right now, the tradition just goes on and on and on. And on. Aaron 
sits right at the top of that group of guys as far as he didn't play on great teams, but he was a great individual player. And he got the, the cool thing about him is he just was scratching the surface of what he could do in college. And just two years ago, three years ago, really when you saw him just absolutely go crazy on the league. And you should have saw this coming mm. because of how it really, I'll put it this way. It really started at the senior bowl mm. when he came out is where I think he jumped onto the national scene as far as scouts are concerned, because he whipped everybody's rear end at the <laughs> senior bowl. It was actually hilarious to watch. People are like, this Aaron Donald dude is killing people out here. Like they cannot block him. He nailed that. They went to the combine and just blew it up there. Everything post-combine pre-draft as far as interviews and workouts, he was killing it then. And then when he when the draft came around, the only thing people could point to as to why he wasn't being considered the number one overall pick like Mac and, uh, and like Jadevian was that, well, he's not 6'4". Well, he doesn't have 34-inch arms. Well, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. And see, the draft is inherently negative. So everyone kept pointing to those kind of things okay. instead of looking at the fact that he killed the senior bowl. He killed the regular season. Everyone loves him off the field. He's the hardest worker that you could ever, ever, ever see. And then he fell to the Rams, and the Rams just got lucky. Yeah. But he should have never been on the board that long. And right now, everything he's doing right now, I mean, you, you see it every day out there. I feel very lazy watching him. I'm like, why am I standing here? Absolutely. He's a freak. One of my favorite college highlights from him is uh, against Duke. They were running a read option. And, Mm -hmm. of course, Aaron's in the backfield as soon as the snap gets there. (laughs) And instead of trying to figure out who's going to keep the ball, whether he gives it to the running back or the quarterback keeps it, he just tackles them both. And just brings (laughs) them both down. (laughs) I've never seen a guy that – well. So I think the first thing you notice when you see Aaron is you look at him and you go, you're not that big. And you're like, you can't weigh 285 pounds. He looks like he weighs 240, yeah. 230, because he has no body fat. Nothing. And he, I mean, and he's kind of, I mean, he's just, he's a ball of muscle that is so flexible and so explosive and so smart with the way he plays. I mean, he has every move in the book. He knows every player's strong points, weak points. He has a motor that never quits. And he's just, I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. I can go on and on. I get accused that he has seen all the time of having this love affair with Aaron. That's like, look, man, Aaron's like, <laughs> he's like a, for a guy who's 25 years younger than me, it's amazing the kind of respect that I have for him, both as a, as a man, as, a, as an alumni, you know, as an alumnus, we've been going to the same school and just, he, he, he's, a, he's an example setter for all of us, regardless of how old you are, as far as doing things the right way, not forgetting where you come from, taking care of the people who took care of you. Uh, forget the doubters. Just prove the people who supported you right. Prove them right. Prove that they were right and support. He's done that his entire life. I think one of the coolest things he's ever said, and I've ever heard him say, was when he told his mom and dad after he signed his big contract, you don't have to work no more. You don't have to do anything. Now you can yeah. sit back and watch me. You put in your time. Now you just relax and let me do the work. Yeah. Every son would love to be in that position. He's earned it. I mean, what more can you say? It, it just is what it is. He, um, he's, he's, he's just one of the sweetest guys 
I've been around as far as sports is concerned across the board from baseball to basketball. And it's funny because he doesn't even realize his strength <laughs> sometimes because mm-hmm. he'll like, joke around with Brockers or, you know, Dante Fowler. And he'll be like, you know, kind of getting him in a chokehold, but like joking around, like play wrestling. And <laughs> guys uh-huh. are like, hey, dude, yo, you're hurting me right now. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh my gosh, he has no idea what his strength is right now. Um, yeah. Speaking of. Oh, go Being for the it. strength. I mean, Serena, remember this now. Remember when he had, um, it was the uh, God. I can't remember his name. The running back from the Falcons when he got when he lifted him up and lifted him off the ground this year. Oh, and they um, were fight, there was a fight at uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah. And when, I mean, that literally looked like something you would do <laughs> to like if you're in sixth grade and a third grader was trying to fight with you, you just kind of grab him by his shirt, lift him off the ground, and like, walk him to the principal's office. Yep. When I saw that, we, I was, I've never seen a grown man do that to another grown man. Watching that. For, I mean, you talk about not knowing box. your strength. I was oh, yeah. 30 feet away and I just was laughing <laughs> so hard. It was, that's the best scene ever. But he's also like, ever. you're not going to hurt me. I'm not going to hurt you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just don't check. Yeah. Everybody forgot that there was a turnover on that play. And it was just like, oh yeah, remember. AD lifted him up. Oh, man. Yeah, so where, where's, where's your mom and dad? You need to go home. You need to go home, yeah. Did you get his permission flip for this? Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, news from around the NFL, and, and actually speaking of Pittsburgh, there are reports yep. that Big Ben wants to come back next season. Now, he, uh, mm-hmm. he's he got a contract with the Steelers that carries him through two more seasons, but then you kind of look mm-hmm. at the bigger picture. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers all have expiring contracts at the end of this season. They're also over over 38 years old when you mention age. Um, do you see these guys? Who do you see coming back? Does it kind of depend on a Super Bowl? Who gets to go on or retire? Or what happens? Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're in kind of uncharted territory with these quarterbacks and their longevity and trying to guess as to, one, on the football field, how effective they're going to continue to be. It's, it's anybody's guess, although – Strength, strength training, rehabilitation, uh, recovery, all that stuff has gone through the roof as far as the advancements that people are making with whom that's concerned. And I, mean, I was talking to Eli Manning about this this past summer, and he said, you know, it's a lot of baseball pitchers' uh, strength and rehab techniques have kind of infiltrated quarterback mm. strength and rehabilitation. And that's why you see guys playing much longer, guys are taking much better care of their arms. And so, really, it's, it's anybody's guess as to, you know, what happens with Philip Rivers, what happens with Drew Brees. I, I, I would be, I would bet that all, all three of those guys, Philip, Drew, uh, Tom, I would bet that they all play. It's just a matter of where Brady's right. probably the most. Brady and Philip are probably the most likely to be playing elsewhere. Um, Drew, I don't, I don't see any reason why. I, I just don't see, I don't see New Orleans moving on from him yet. I just don't. I mean, it just kind of seems like the tea leaves are, are saying that Tom's going to be in his last year there in New England unless Mr. Kraft does something totally different. I think the Chargers need a total reset period yeah, yeah. at all positions. In Pittsburgh, who is the heir apparent there? It isn't. It is not Mason Rudolph, and it's not Devlin Hodges. And But Ben's coming back from a very serious injury. So, right. I mean, I, we just don't know what's going to happen with these guys. But, I mean, it's been a great run that they've all had. I mean, what a tremendous group of guys all those quarterbacks are yeah and and steve young says this all the time on monday night football when we're doing monday night countdown with the way the game is being played now and how the game is being officiated quarterbacks are going to play longer and longer and longer because 
you're not allowed to touch them. Mm-hmm. Offenses have every advantage in the world with the way you cannot really defend the field from a defensive perspective like you used to. And all the brain power, quite honestly, in football from high school to college to the pros is going to the offensive side as far as coaching is concerned. And they just have a tactical advantage over defenses right now. So if you're a quarterback and you get hooked up with the right group of people as far as coaches and players, why would you retire? He said, I'd, I'd be trying to play until they absolutely drug me off the field. <laughs> so I think these guys are going to play much longer than probably many people ever thought they could. And maybe they ever thought they could. Serena. Yes. It's the day after Christmas. Yes. And it's early in the morning. Do you know what time it is? <laughs> I do. It's Go time for <laughs> Serena's social segment. So day after Christmas. <laughs> When do the Christmas decorations come down? Are you tearing them down as soon as you get home? Yeah, you're tonight? home, Louis. Do they come down? No, right you know what? No, you know I'm I'm one of them people. Look, I put my I I would like to have myself up early. Like I would put it up right after I'm cleaning up from Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, I'd like to start putting them up. And I'm one of those guys who stretches out the whole Christmas decoration thing to the very end. So it'll be a couple days after New Year's for me. That's, that's good. The house, your your house just looks awful when you take them down. It looks so bare. <laughs> it looks empty. And there's and, and exactly and there's no color anywhere because you know in in the Northeast at this time of year, I know it's, it's ugly as hell around here. Great. So clouds. you need some color out front. Oh God, every day is the same thing. That's but yeah, I'll, I'll hold on to mine as long as possible. That's probably why being in California right now, I'm like, I'm going to take it down before I'm going to New York. <laughs> Before New Year's, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this down. There's a lot of trees outside. No doubt. I mean, you, okay. yeah, you live in a whole different world. It's like a different planet out there. It is. My best friend waited until about, I think, the end of July to take down his Christmas oh, tree Oh, my last gosh. Year. I was like, well, did he really? Yeah. Wow. It's like, you're just going to have to put it right back up. You might as well leave it. Just yeah. Christmas it's just a permanent part of your, your house decor now. Um, yeah, yeah. Moving on to the next holiday we have. What are some uh, New Year's resolutions you got for yourself? Mm, those are good ones, man. Um, you know what? <clears throat> I think the number one thing is I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to cut down on carbs. Yeah. Too many carbs this year. This past, past couple months, my carb intake has been through the damn roof and I'm embarrassed <laughs> by it. That's going to be number one. Did Ryan Clark number affect two? you? Cause he's getting all slim and stuff. Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah, no, you know what it is. It's like when you hit, when you hit 50 years old, I mean, just kind of like the body just starts saying, look, it doesn't want to do the things you want it to do and you have to force it to. And so I, I've got to, I've got to force myself to do a few things, a little few things differently. Number two, I think a good one for me always is when I'm watching football, especially if my son is around, mm. make sure I'm not cursing. So I got to stop cursing. Ooh, that's, that's a good, a good one, one too. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably, honestly, Serena, that's probably my biggest one, man. Sometimes I think I'm I think I'm still out on the football field and I kind of lose track of who's around me. Yeah, it's a good thing it hasn't happened on TV yet. Thank God. That's a good. But point. that's probably the best one. Yeah, that's a real good one. I, As they always say in TV, you can do it once. Right. That'll be about it. Right. You, you know, get that so, one chance. Yeah. How about it? And I think the other ones are really just you know for me here here's a here's a good one. I mean, this one's going to sound a little sappy, but it, this is true. I think for me, returning phone calls, especially returning phone calls like when my mom called and my yes. sister. Because you get so busy, I got to be better with that. Yes. You know, that's, that's probably my next one. Returning calls right away. That's actually- Instead of thinking, instead of always going, oh, I forgot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Because when people, somebody does that to me, that ticks me off more than anything. <laughs> so you're like, breaching so to my the boy. With my, with my community, right. that's usually when I am able to take care of all those phone calls. So I'm, I've been pretty thankful for... That's the one good thing about having a long commute is I get to make Yeah, the, our drives, we call everyone on our drives list. It's like our, our time to, like, my mom's like, are you driving somewhere? I'm like, you know it. Calling you right now. I got, <laughs> yep, a, I got yep. an hour 30, so let's chat. There you go. <laughs> yeah, how that, about that? Just to go, to go 10 miles or something, huh? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I know how that L.A. traffic can get. Oh, yeah. It's awful. I avoid driving I'll, uh, I'll get you a P.O. box, too. You can forward all your carbs to me, and I'll take care of those for you in the spirit of <laughs> uh, giving. and. Well, maybe you're... Maybe your metabolism can handle it. No, nope, but I, I just ignore it anyway. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Clark has really just made me feel. He's like, I gotta just run. I remember there was one time I was working out at the ESPN gym, and Ryan was like, "You've been running on the treadmill for the entirety of my workout," and I was like, "But you're lifting, and I'm just running on a treadmill. Like I look like a hamster." <laughs> and so now he's like getting in shape and whatnot i'm just like geez i feel like i should i'm already allergic to carbs so i don't really know oh, i gotta really? stop the cursing though because my mom you know coming there from the bronx go. my mom mm -hmm. would be like mm -hmm. cursing and my dad would do this thing it was adorable and then i became like this adorable cursing little child was um <laughs> he would try and avoid cursing in front of me so when he'd get mad when we were driving through traffic in the bronx he'd be like and he would just like mumble noises and so i was like oh yeah. that's what you do when you get angry <laughs> so when i would get angry i would make these like mumbling just noises grunts. but like as a five-year-old kid i'm like people are like what is she doing she's cursing <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah, gotta go I, back I, to know, that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I I used to hear it all as a kid, man. Some of my uncles and stuff hanging around the picnic. It used to be wild. So I'm 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 actually I'm actually tame compared to some of the things I heard as a kid. But I wouldn't change it. I just need to, I just need to control it now. And this whole carb thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm I'm so big on this whole working out carb thing. See, here's the thing. I love cake, donuts. Same. Pie, anything like that, muffins. Yeah, I'm on it. I mean, I crush that stuff. And then I then I, I have to work my rear end off at the gym. And you want to talk about doing cardio? I do cardio every day. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare out of seven days that I don't do something every day. But it just I and mean, I'm sitting there going, "Damn, I'm not losing any weight though." And that's because when I get home, yeah, I'm always I always and then I don't sleep a whole lot. There's another one. My <laughs> see, y'all are making me think I need to sleep more. Sleep. Oh, man. Sleep. We're just resetting Louis Riddick. It's all good. <laughs> Go to bed. You can thank me That's for what I got to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Blue lights. Dude, I, average, I average maybe three or four Oh, my hours gosh. I can't That's even imagine. Good. You That's and Adam good. Schefter need to sleep more. 100%. No oh. blue lights. No bla or, uh, blackout curtains. No blue lights. Cool air. That's the way and I, are you, you know, that's what I hear, man. But I probably sleep. I, I constantly have a TV on, Same. a light on. I'm constantly looking at my phone, a yeah. computer. So it's ridiculous. Just, I need to unplug. I would start with like one, like take one hour <laughs> away from your phone. This is like therapy for Lewis yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't even want to see my phone updates as far as how much screen time I'm on. <laughs> oh, you don't no. even want to see that thing. I know. I'm just I, telling you. Apple has it's ruined scary. us. 
Um, yeah. Quickly, yeah. I just want to ask, mm-hmm. we've asked everyone on this podcast to wrap it up. Um, if not for football, then what? What would you do if football did not exist? And I realize maybe sleeping would be um, a great option, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you're a bed tester. I don't know, but um, yeah. <laughs> what Ooh, would you doing? do? Yeah. So Trey Wingo Uh, said, I think he wanted to do marine biology. Ryan Clark said he'd be a principal. Um, Yeah, you know what? (laughs) I would probably be involved in the investment business somehow. Because I like money. Yeah. Don't we all? uh, (laughs) I used to be a big player in the stock market when, like, right right after I got done playing, in between that time and the time I got in personnel, I used to do nothing but sit at home and watch and uh, CNBC wow. and do online trading all the time. So I'm big in that. I got my economics degree, so I know a little bit about money. Wow. So I'd, I'd, probably, be, I'd probably be involved in the, in the in the financial industry somehow. We did like a, a mock stock thing in high school, and you, we all like picked <laughs> a stock and tried to like follow the thing for like the semester and yeah. tallied up. And uh, one of the – this was like back early, early, early on in their days, but uh, yeah, one of the kids had Netflix. <laughs> and – no it, kidding. It did okay. Under Armour beat uh-huh. it, but uh-huh. I'm really mad. I didn't like pick up on that trend yeah, before because I could have been. Right. I wouldn't even be at the Rams right now. I'd be sitting, <laughs> living large off my uh, Netflix stock, watching Netflix at home. Yep, exactly. Just re- <laughs> on your 80 inch TV. Yep. Oh man. I'll tell you what, man. Back back in the early 2000s, late 90s, I I, I made two mistakes in the stock market. One, I sell Dell. I sold Dell computer stock too soon way too soon and here's the other this is a funny story real quick i remember seeing on the ticker all the time i used to see this symbol i think the symbol for yahoo was why on the nasdaq i believe was y-h-o-o i believe because nasdaq always had four letter symbols and i was thinking i'm going yoohoo like the chocolate drink i was like damn yoohoo's (laughs) trading hot i was like oh the hell is this Yahoo? People buy that much? <laughs> and anyway, it was Yahoo. And I'll tell you what, I could have got, I could have gotten it at Yahoo way. Maybe. It was one of the best performing stocks maybe ever. Oh, and I used to, and I didn't get that, but I could have made, if I would have just held on to my Dell stock, I mean, Dell computer obviously became one of the biggest computer manufacturers ever. And I was in on those companies early, early. Nokia, Ericsson, all the cell phone makers. Yeah. All that stuff. I used to be big, I'm telling you, I used to be big in that stuff. I probably would have made a lot of money had I not gone in the person. See, I should have just stayed in the financial industry instead of messing around with personnel. But, you know, anyway, we are where we are. I love the, the game now. Learn. Yeah, the things we learn. I'm stay in it now. How about that? Oh my, Akeem yeah. Tlaib always told me, he, I always asked him, I'm like, what's your favorite app? And he go, Fidelity. I love Fidelity because he loves stocks. Is that right? Yeah. Everybody else is saying Instagram, <laughs> Instagram. Snapchat. <laughs> Fidelity. Akeem Tlaib's favorite app is Fidelity. I was like, man, you are a wise man. <laughs> that, that's good. That's yeah. good. I kind of like my Bank of America app, too. I check yeah. that thing a lot. See? There you go. <laughs> um, Especially having daughters, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I bet. Well, I hope mm-hmm. that you have a nice, rich uh, new year. It starts the new year. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's our there 21st episode of Ramblin'. Appreciate it. Rams fans, don't forget, if you want more, we've got a player podcast led by JB Long called Rams Revealed. You can find it on all podcast platforms. Lewis, I appreciate you coming on the pod. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.